we have to put a quick cap on the Iowa basketball season and touch on Iowa football getting ready for spring ball. And who else do we go to besides Rob Howe from HawkeyeNation.com? And he joins us. Rob, appreciate the time so much. You know, it's funny. The last time you and I talked, I was working for a different radio station here in Des Moines. <laughs> And it was the first day of Iowa's basketball season. So I figure you and I can bookend this year. Uh, Tremendously disappointing early exit. What have the last couple of days been like for Iowa fans? How have your message boards been at HawkeyeNation.com? Angry, man. Very (laughs) angry. Um, And I've said this before on podcasts and, and written about this. Unfortunately for any basketball team at Iowa that comes in the future, next year's team and beyond, it's, it, it's going to be carrying what we've known for the last 22 years. No sweet 16 appearances. It's unfortunate, but this team was carrying that on its back, and it ran, to get, it ran into a team that it did not match up well against in Oregon. I, I guess the anger that you're speaking of, is it directed? Is it, are they mad at just the overall ending? Are they mad at Fran? It's always an easy target. Are they just mad at the rest of the roster? Are they mad at Jordan McCaffrey? Like, who are they all angry with? It's mostly Fran. I, I think it falls <laughs> at his feet. It's just, I mean, the players change, but he's still there. You know, year 11, and they still haven't advanced past the second round of the NCAA tournament. It, it's on him to do that. And he just got a contract extension yeah. too, right before this. And that plays into it as well. Why are we extending a guy that can't get us to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament? And that's kind of the narrative that's out there. And it's, it, it's, it's unfortunate for Luca Garza, a generational player at Iowa. Um, but, but I've talked to, you know, Jeff Horner, Greg Bruner, uh, Adam Holosko, all those guys that were on that 2016, a team that finished second in the Big Ten, won the Big Ten tournament, lost to Northwestern State in the first round of the NCAA tournament. That is a huge part of their legacy. And unfortunately for Luca, a big part of his legacy is going to be not leading this team to the Sweet 16. Fair or not, that's what's going to be remembered. Hey, last one real quick before we switch over to football, obviously. Uh, JD, our producer and my co-host, asked you this before we got on the air. I don't think Garza's got much of an NBA future. I certainly don't see him as a first-round pick. Maybe he hangs around the NBA for seven years. You know, he's a big guy. But do you see him getting any run in the association, or is he a European guy and maybe not that long of a professional career? Yeah, it's funny. If he was, you know, 30 years ago in the NBA, he would have been a star. (laughs) You know, the Bill Lambeer years, you know, guys like that, John Konkak, guys like that. But – the game has changed so much. He's really going to have to find the right spot and somebody who believes in him and can find a way to use him and utilize his skills. He's a, you know, he's a almost seven footer footer that can shoot from three point range. Who does he defend at the next level and how does his lateral quickness or lack thereof translate to the next level? I think he's got a chance guys. I just, I, I don't know enough about the ins and outs of every franchise to know where he might fit in. I think he has the heaviest feet of any basketball player I've ever seen in my life. He just runs, boom, boom. I mean, what a great career. Uh, and watching him cry, it, it got me a little teared up. And then I, I you know, I watched this postgame press conference on your website, on HawkeyeNation.com, and I just thought, man, that you feel bad for a kid who came back, two-time All-American, player of the year, all the accolades. Uh, for it, it to end the way that it did. Now, 
as much fun as it is to talk about Iowa basketball, let's be honest, it is a football school. And I don't know what to make of last year. 0-2, 6-0, they don't get the Michigan game, they don't get the bowl game. Rob, what was the attitude of Kirk Ferentz and these guys like in January when all of this just kind of came crashing down? Yeah, a lot of disappointment. And I think we've seen this across the sports landscape, guys. I don't know if the average fan has their mind around how much of a sacrifice a lot of these athletes, especially at the college level, made basically in their own bubble on campus, not seeing family and friends as much as they normally would, loved ones. Um, and they put a, the football players started before the basketball, obviously, put a lot of time in committing to that. And through no fault of their own, through what happened at Michigan and what happened at Missouri, their last op- two opportunities were wiped out. And we see the group of seniors that are moving, moving on. They, know, they don't get a chance to play again with that group. So now they turn the page. Hopefully things are getting better in this country with the vaccine and moving towards Iowa this week, you know, along with the big 10 is now allowing 50% fan attendance at its spring sports, potentially a spring football game. So things are moving on, but I think there was a lot of disappointment with how the season ended, particularly with how well they were playing. I want to start with the defense because the biggest flashiest name no longer with the squad is Davion Nixon, Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, probably a first, second day guy. I mean, the guy's just a phenomenal player. Is his replacement easy to name? Do you know the names of the guys who will replace he and Chauncey Golston and the rest of the guys on that defense that are gone? No, they lose three defensive linemen, starting defensive linemen, Jack Jack Heflin as well, the grad transfer from Northern Illinois, who had a really good year, I thought, and really helped solidify that defensive line that lost A.J. Epinesa from the year before and its two starting defensive tackles, one of which uh, got run with the Seattle Seahawks at the end of the year in, in Cedric Lattimore. So I was replaced a lot up front the last several years on its defensive line. You talked about Anthony Nelson with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champ. They've graduated a lot up front. This, I think, is finally going to be the year where we say, okay, what have they developed? Now, they still could go in the transfer portal. That thing is still full with players and and address the defensive line. But, you know, it's going to be a young guy. It's going to be it's it's going to be players that are on the roster that hopefully they've developed that are going to step in there for the most part. I think most likely that's the most likely scenario unless they can plug a couple gaps with uh, guys in the transfer portal. Did, were you there at, their, uh, at the NFL Pro Day uh, that they had earlier this week? Were, were, did you get any reports out of that, how well Nixon and Golston and the rest uh, performed? Golston did really well for himself. The one guy I think that may have helped himself the most is a guy who was overlooked on the defense last year but was ultra important is Nick Neiman, whose brother Ben Neiman is a, yeah. a really key contributor with the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick measured in at 6'3", 235, and he ran a 4'4", 540. So it's funny because we went back – you go back to when Ben was coming out and we were asking the coaches about Nick, and they were saying, you know, Nick is a better athlete than Ben. And we were all like, wow, Ben's a really good athlete. And Nick really just – his three-cone drill, everything was off the charts the other day. So he's a guy I think that people liked the tape. But now they have the measure the, the measurables to back it up. I think he moved himself up into the draft, and and probably he's a four special team contributor 
and he's a guy that you, that's shown at Iowa he can play multiple linebackers positions and you guys know with a 53 man roster if you can get a guy who can help you in 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 several areas that's really valuable what about on the other side of the ball going into this spring it's am i safe to say that the quarterback spot is something we know is going to be you can pencil it in or is there a battle that we're not talking about yeah, the coaches never answer this question. How old? You know, how open Speculate, the Rob. It's fine. It's only March. <laughs> they they never say how open it is. I think you guys. You know, if we're being objective here, Spencer Petrus had an uneven first season. Now, how much of that can you chalk up to the pandemic and not him, him not getting the correct or the normal development time last spring and summer? It's hard to say, but they have two guys behind him that they think very highly of and Alex Padilla and Deuce Hogan. If one of those guys was to emerge and show that they're the guy, you know, I think they could over, overtake him. What Kirk has said is Spencer Petrus, we know what we have in him. We feel like he's getting better, but we've seen before. I, I think most people thought that Jake Rudock was going to be the guy and CJ Beathard overtook him. It, I think it's it's naive to think that guys don't get better in college. And if one of these guys behind him can prove that they're better, I, I don't think the coaches was, would hesitate to put him in there. And then if you move down the road a little bit, guys, if it go, we go into the season, they start with Indiana and Iowa State right out of the shoe. Wow. So if Spencer Petras is the starter but comes out and struggles in those first two games, all bets are off, I think. What's the expectation for this team next year? You mean all the players we talked about on defense that are gone, questions at quarterback is, I mean, I know that it's not Ohio state. It's not Alabama. It's Iowa. So the college football playoff may not be the standard, especially this year. But if you're an Iowa fan and the people who are reading your work over at HawkeyeNation.com, if I, if I want you to fill in the blank, my goal for Iowa is blank. Big 10 West title. I think at this point, with a veteran coaching staff, you've got a quarterback that's coming back, quite a bit of talent on the offensive line. You've got potentially the best center in college football and Tyler Linderbaum. A lot of guys coming back on defense. This this program's at a point now, if it's not competing for the Big Ten West title, it's a disappointment. And we'll see what happens with, with Wisconsin. It fell off a little last year. Northwestern, I think, is, is right in the mix Minnesota fell off a little last year I just think we go into the season again saying you know there's probably three four teams here that are competing for that Big Ten West title and I'm not even 100% sure I mean obviously you look in the east and it's Ohio State because they always they they reload 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 but they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback there as well so I I mean the Big Ten kind of at this point right now seems very wide open yeah, I would agree. I think Ohio State, as you said, they reload with four and five stars beyond what anybody else in the conference does. So from a talent level, they're mm-hmm. going to start ahead of everybody else in the race. But then Penn State recruits well. Michigan is recruited well. It's just they a just matter can't of coach. Can, <laughs> can he get over the hump? You know, can can Jim Harbaugh finally break through? Um, and until he does, I think he's going to be suspect. But I, I agree with you, Mike. I think this is a pretty wide open conference this year. You give it to Ohio State, you defer to Ohio State yeah. because of the talent. But well, it'll be interesting to see if anybody can break through. Hey, uh, before we let you go, what's your bracket look like? Any good? Doing okay? Burn it already? 
Yeah, I've got three of the four Final Fours, so oh. that's oh. that. I, I feel pretty happy about that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I went chalk, guys, and I picked Gonzaga and Baylor in the final. I thought they were the best two teams all year, and I know Baylor had some stumbles, but ultra-talented. And then I also had Alabama in there, and uh, Illinois was the one that went by the wayside. So those are those are my three that are left. My bracket is pretty flimsy, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, Rob, uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. I know you stayed a couple extra minutes longer than we agreed upon, but uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for the Iowa insight. I will continue to bother you on this show, and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend. Yeah, please do. Look me up whenever uh, you want. And good luck with the show. I'm glad there's another voice in the state for local sports. I appreciate that. Hey, thank you very much, Rob. You take care, my friend. You too, guys.